Welcome to Huntersville Lutheran Sermon Webcast. We invite you to join us here for worship every Sunday at 10 a.m. Find out more at huntersvillelc.com. Thank you for joining us today. A message of sin and grace, of law and gospel. So, so when Jesus shows up in your town and village, it's generally a pretty good idea that you go and, and hear what he has to say. This is exactly what we, what we encounter in Luke chapter 13 this morning. Jesus coming into a town and a village, not simply teaching, but conveying life. And while he's conveying these life-changing truths, there's a Jew who, who stops and asks him a question. Lord, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? I mean, it's a, it's a natural question, isn't it? It's a question that everybody wonders about, but not everybody is willing to talk about and not everybody is willing to ask. So this Jew, he goes and asks the guy who has, who has garnered or amassed a, a pretty good reputation for doing more than just simply teaching. You know, perhaps this guy was spurred on to ask this question by the fact that there were a great amount of people as Jesus went from these towns and villages who, who came out and saw Jesus preach it, or saw Jesus teach and preach. And yet, after Jesus was done teaching and preaching, those crowds went away and there were only a few people who were loyal. Are those the ones who are going to be saved? That's a possibility. But personally, personally, I think that the reason this guy, this Jew, asked this question has a much deeper cause a much deeper root. I think this guy was worried. I think he was worried whether he was numbered among the few. Jesus, are only a few people going to be saved? And if only a few people are going to be saved, am I one of them? It's a deep question. It's a deeply personal question. And whether you're a lifelong Christian or you're somebody who is skeptical about Jesus and about Christianity, it's a question that you've all wondered at some point in your life. What is going to happen to me when I die? Am I going to be saved? Am I one of the few? It was natural for a Jew to be curious about this question, even if, even if this curiosity had a little bit of a selfish bent to it. It was natural for him because because all along, these Jews, they thought they were part of the few. That they were part of the few, the only few who were going to be saved. Because all throughout Scripture, God made it pretty clear that Israel, that Jews, were his chosen people. That he made them his chosen people. That he brought them out of slavery from Egypt. That he, he gave them a land that, that was their own. That he, he made them into a prosperous and powerful nation. And even after that prosperity and that power had gone and they were carried away by world powers, that God still preserved a remnant. And it was through this remaining remnant that, that God was going to bring a savior. And so it was, it was natural. It was absolutely natural for a Jew to be wondering about this, to be curious about this question, even if this question was asked out of a, a little bit of a selfish bent or, or worry or, or concern. Are only a few going to be saved and am I going to be one of them? You see, this question, it wasn't a what question or a how question like, like that lawyer who talks to Jesus. Do you guys remember this story? The lawyer who asks Jesus, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he seeks to justify all of his actions by limiting his love. Right, this isn't a what or a how question. The question that this Jew asks Jesus when he comes to his town and village is, are only a few going to be saved? And when somebody asks Jesus a question, and I think this is probably the case here, when somebody asks Jesus a question, generally they are hoping or maybe even expecting a certain answer from Jesus. But if you take a, even just a quick glance at the Gospels when people ask Jesus questions, he doesn't often give the answer that they're looking for. 
He doesn't often even directly answer their question. Because when Jesus shows up to teach and preach, he's not, he's not, just, he's not just simply teaching. He's conveying life. And he doesn't just give people what they want to hear. He gives people what they need to hear. And so when this Jew asks the question, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Jesus responds, not by telling him how many are going to be saved. He says, make every effort. You make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because I tell you, many will try to enter, but will not have the strength. Seems pretty easy, doesn't it? what it was like for that Jew and every other Jew who was standing there listening to Jesus give that response because, because not only did the Jews think they were numbered among the many who were being saved or the few who were being saved, excuse me, these Jews also spent their entire lives around effort. Their entire lives were spent trying to appease God. And so when Jesus says, make every effort, already in their mind, a light bulb goes off and it says, look, I've been making every effort already, Jesus. Look, right here, we have this whole list of God's holy law that we keep, that we make every effort to keep. And so that ultimately makes us part of the few who are being saved. And just in case we aren't, we have a contingency plan. We have a contingency plan of these 611 other laws that the religious leaders have given us so that we don't have to break these other holy laws and we're making every effort, Jesus, look. And in case that effort falls short, In case that effort falls short, we do come into the streets and we eat and we drink with you. Even though we're not quite sure about who you are, you might be the Messiah. I mean, that's who you claim to be, but we're not quite sure if you are. But but we're going to hedge our bets a little bit. We're going to spend a little bit of time with you in close proximity to you. See, Jesus, we're making every effort to enter through that narrow door, to be part of the few who are being saved. And if, oh, Jesus, if if those two things don't work, we've got one more. We lay claim to something that nobody else in all of the world can lay claim to, our ancestry. We have Abraham as our father. We are descended from Isaac and Jacob. The prophets from long ago, they point to the fact that God, your father, chose us to be his chosen people and to to be the one through whom the Savior was going to come. Even if you are or aren't that Savior, we're not quite sure, but but our ancestry, we're going to cling to that. Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Jesus says, make every effort to enter through that narrow door. And these Jews, they thought they were doing it by following the laws, by laying claim to their ancestry, by by being in close proximity to one who may or may not be the Messiah. But when Jesus shows up and teaches in your town and village, he doesn't simply teach. He doesn't tell people what they want to hear. He tells them what they need to hear. And that day, that crowd standing before him, they didn't need a whole bunch of gospel preached to their hearts. What they needed was the law. They needed the law to crush their spirits, to crush their hearts, to show them where they were wrong, and so that the beauty and the power of the gospel could work. Listen to what Jesus says. This is starting at verse 25 in our our reading. After Jesus says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. This is what Jesus says. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and taught taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. 
There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out. Make every effort to enter the narrow door. What Jesus says here, even though it's harsh and it's hard to listen to, and these Jews were probably shocked by what he said, this is a really important warning that he was giving them because Jesus doesn't want the narrow door to heaven to be shut to anybody. But these Jews, they were spending all of their time, they were putting all of their spiritual eggs into the wrong basket, focusing on the wrong things, the following of laws, the the laying claim to ancestry, just being in close physical proximity to Jesus. They were spending all of their time on the wrong things. And Jesus says the If you spend all of your time focusing on the wrong things, eventually that narrow door to heaven will be shut and you will find yourself locked out. And when that last day comes, when that last day comes, you'll find yourselves locked out and you'll be knocking on that door with a whole list of reasons why you should be let in. Jesus, we followed the laws. We made every effort. Jesus, we ate and we drank with you. We were in close proximity with you. We heard you teach. We made every effort. We laid claim to our ancestry. Look at this. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they're our descendants. They're our fathers. We made every effort. But what does Jesus say? I don't know you or where you come from. The word that Jesus uses here for know, it's more than simply just knowing someone or knowing something exists. That word to know, it implies a deeper relationship. It implies a more intimate knowledge. It it implies both head knowledge and heart knowledge. And this is what the Jews missed. This whole time that they were trying to follow laws, that they were laying claim to ancestry, that they were being in close proximity to Jesus, they missed the very fact that their entrance through that narrow door, that the door itself was standing right in front of them. They spent time eating and drinking with Jesus, but, but they never took the time to, to have an intimate relationship of faith with Jesus. They spent time following all of these laws, but they didn't realize that the one standing in front of them was the one who came to fulfill all of those laws perfectly for them. They stood and they listened to Jesus teach and preach, and yet they didn't ever internalize or believe what he was saying, and they missed it. And Jesus says, if you miss it, if you put all of your focus and energy and time into the wrong things, into the wrong people, into making claim to the wrong things, then eventually the door will be shut. Jesus says, Jesus says, many will try to enter, but few will be able to. When Jesus shows up in your town and village, it's a good idea to go and listen to what he has to say, even, even if it's a hard pill to swallow. Because right there in that moment, he's conveying life. He's conveying the way to eternal life. And that lesson that he taught in the streets there, it wasn't just meant for first century Jews, but it was meant for 21st century Christians too. It's not an easy lesson to teach. It's not an easy lesson to preach. I can't imagine it's an easy lesson for any of you who are sitting there now crushed by the law. It's not an easy easy thing for you to wrestle with. But no matter how unpleasant the law is, no matter how hard a lesson is, it's extremely important. Because without the law crushing your spirit, without the law convicting you of your sin, the beauty and the power of the gospel can never work. 
in this lesson that Jesus teaches us all this morning. It flies in the face of every popular and trendy teaching out there about how you get to heaven. And more than that, it convicts our sinful nature of, of what it wants to cling to and what it wants to believe. To anyone who thinks that, that their entrance through the narrow door into heaven depends on, on you just living your best life here in this world, about being a good person, which is the equivalent to the Jews saying, look, God, we follow the law. Jesus says, the door will be shut because you're putting your time and energy in the wrong thing. To anyone who thinks that they can enter through the narrow door by living whatever way they want in this world, by maybe acknowledging Jesus on a Sunday morning, but, but the other six days of the week, pretending that he doesn't exist, Jesus says, the door is going to be shut. To anyone who thinks that, that their entrance into heaven, their entrance through the narrow door is solidified by having their name placed on a church roster somewhere, that that is the thing that's going to solidify their entrance into heaven, which is the equivalent of a Jew laying claim to their ancestry of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Jesus says, you are focusing on the wrong thing. And whether your focus, your idea of how you get to eternal life, that entrance through the narrow door is one of the things I listed, or your spiritual pitfall is something else, it doesn't matter because this lesson is extremely important for each and every person sitting here. Whether you are a lifelong Christian or you are a skeptic of Jesus and Christianity, and it's never pleasant to hear, it's never pleasant to preach because this flies in the face, it's countercultural, it goes against every trendy cultural Christian teaching out there. But this is why it's so important because if you put your time and your effort and your energy, put all of your spiritual eggs into the wrong basket, you are going to end up in a place where there is nothing but weeping and gnashing of teeth, where it is misery forever. The law, it's never easy to hear. It's never easy to internalize. But you didn't just come here to be convicted by the law. If you wanted that, you can go and find any other church in the area. You're sitting here in this pew this morning. It's not only a recognition that you need this teaching from Jesus this morning. It's also a recognition that you need the life he gives. The life he gives through the gospel. The gospel that you cling to. The gospel that you love. The gospel that you run to. And the gospel that heals your heart this morning is this. That there is one door. There's one pathway that leads to heaven and you already know what it is and you already know who it is. It's Jesus. Jesus came into this world to live and to die and to rise again for every single one of your sins, those sins that would keep you shut out from that narrow door to heaven. And the way that God gives you entrance into that narrow door of heaven is by grace by his arrow pointing down love for you through faith. Faith in what God's holy, perfect son did for you. This brings me an immense amount of comfort, knowing that my salvation, my entrance to that narrow door doesn't depend on me, that it doesn't depend on where I hold my church membership. It doesn't depend on how many things I do or who my parents or my grandparents were. What really matters is the faith that I hold and the object in which that faith is placed in Jesus. And this brings me so much comfort because of my salvation. If my entrance into that narrow door depended solely on who I was, I would be in a pit of deep and dark despair of constantly worrying and wondering, did I do enough? And even if I did enough today, will I be able to do it tomorrow? 
or the next day or the next year or the next month. And when I'm, I'm on my deathbed, is this the thing that I want to be worrying about? But my entrance, your entrance through the narrow door, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your ancestry. It has nothing to do with, with how many good things you think you do in this life. It has everything to do with the God who loves you. It has everything to do with the faith that you cling to. Because when your faith is in the right place, when your faith is in the eternal son of God, you can be confident, you can be sure without a shadow of a doubt that you are numbered among the few who are saved. That your entrance through that narrow door is solidified. Now it's important for you and me to realize that even though our entrance through that narrow door is already solidified, that it's already ours by faith. It doesn't mean that the struggle is over. Because the reality is that, that because you, child of God, are going to heaven, that your entrance is solidified, there's an enemy out there who wants to do nothing but derail you from that narrow path and make sure that you are shut out from that narrow door of heaven. Satan hates the fact that heaven is yours hates the fact that you are a child of God and he is going to throw everything in his power to try to shut that door on you, to try to keep you locked out. He's going to throw temptations and lies and doubts and and make you uncaring and apathetic in this world. This is why what Jesus says about entering the narrow door is so important. He says, make every effort to enter through that narrow door. The word that Jesus uses, make every effort, it literally means to strain with every nerve. It's the picture of of somebody taking place in an athletic contest or participating in an athletic contest and doing absolutely everything in his power to win. I think I've made it absolutely clear that, that you cannot get to heaven by the things that you do, but that's not Jesus' point. Jesus' point here is that you are facing an enemy who is bigger than you, who is more powerful than you, who is stronger than you, and he is going to win or he is going to fight a war against you. And it's a fight that you and I can't win on our own. And so Jesus says, strain, strain with every nerve in your body to cling to me, the author and perfecter of your faith. Strain with every nerve in your body to rid yourself of any sort of self-reliance and find all of your strength in me. Jesus says, strain with every nerve in your body. Strain and find all of the strength that you need to fight against temptation and sin and everything that the devil throws at you in your daily Christian walk. Strain with every nerve in your body to run to the place where God promises that your faith will grow in his word and in his sacrament. And when you find yourself in the deepest, darkest pits of temptation, in the battle, in the trenches of battle with Satan, Jesus says, strain. Strain with every nerve in your body to cling to me. And when you do, you are going to find peace and you are going to find hope and you are going to find love. You are going to find forgiveness. You are going to find the assurance that you are numbered among the few who are being saved. Strain with every nerve in your body. Cling to Jesus. Your only entrance through the narrow door to heaven. God grant it. Amen.